0: Climb aboard the Struggle Bus, you've got problems
1: just like us. Climb aboard the Struggle Bus, let Kate and Sally help you. Welcome to the Struggle Bus. I'm Kate. I'm Sally. And we're here to fix your lives. That said, we're two people whose only qualifications to give you advice are that we have lots of feelings and lots of opinions.
2: Neither of which are a substitute for professional guidance. True. <gasps> Hi, everyone. Hey, guys.
1: You have been such champs
2: at uh, tweeting at us at Struggle Bus Pod, sending us... Animal photos. Oh, my goodness. Using the hashtag strugglepodbuds420, writing to us at strugglebuspodcast at gmail.com or tweeting at Sally T or at SPK Heller.
1: Sally. Yo. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I have to say that. Um Everyone is being super awesome and tweeting like wanting us to hurry up and release another episode, Yes, but also being like really cool and patient. So, so I will
2: explain why this one's late. Oh, okay. So I'll go first with my thing. Okay, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So very, very long story short, as some of you know, I've been in and out of therapy and uh, had been on antidepressants years ago and sort of been really trying to... Keep it even keeled and doing things for uh, personal health. And I had, I guess, what could be called a little bit of a breakdown mm-hmm. uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, there's some things going on in my family and certain things that I won't even bother going into. But basically, I got triggered and chemically, which I, I'm just born with uh, a body that's, uh, you know, is uh, anxiety, etc. I just sort of. Um, went into a downward spiral and found myself extremely depressed mm-hmm. and to the point where my mother was like, you need to go back to your psychiatrist. Uh, again, for those of you who don't know, psychologist is one who talks to you. Psychiatrist gives you medication. Mm-hmm. And I've been resisting going back on antidepressants because I don't like side effects. I don't, you know, to be honest, I, the weight gain is kind of annoying, mm-hmm. feeling lethargic. But... Uh, there are also really great things about them, and not all of them have those side effects, and they've changed a lot over the years. So huge news, guys. I am back on antidepressants right. for a little while because I'd back. like to nip the problem in the bud. Bud or butt?
1: I'm going to say bud, but butt is definitely more right, fun. When right. is butt not more fun?
2: I don't know because I could just feel myself spiraling, and I, wanted, I don't want to live under the covers yeah. being scared of things, but I did... Call Sally when we were right about to meet last week, and I was like, I can't. can't, My family is, Um, but I'm doing much better. Even just, you know, it's so funny. Everyone's asking me how I'm doing because a few people close to me, like Sally and my boyfriend and my mom, are checking in every day and are like, "How are you?" And the truth is, um, I'm still feeling a little bit off and anxious. Mm -hmm. And getting on new medication is always, you know, a little bit difficult. Mm but I'm feeling really relieved that I asked for help.
1: Yeah, man. I have to say, you know, when you called me and said you wanted to reschedule, first of all, it's fine because this is the struggle bus and so that's just going to happen yes. and, like, I'm totally cool with it, but um, I don't know. I was really proud of you and also happy. Like, that. I think it's really scary to... Consider going on or off medication because it's a very fraught thing. People feel like, "Well, I don't want to have to take it," or "I don't like the side effects." Like, I just think there's a lot there, and I think it's a huge step. To I told my make mom. I said, "I feel
2: like a failure because I've gone five years or four years without it," and she's like, "Catherine, you're not a failure. You're somebody who has a chemical imbalance, mm-hmm. and things change in your body, and this is how the body works, and it
1: is what it is."
2: Yeah. So I'm sorry we're late, guys, but uh, you know. Had to do
1: it's, some self-care. Yeah, but I and, missed
2: you. I missed you so much. Yeah, and
1: you know, it'll be a more enjoyable episode to listen to because we won't be like doing it through tears. Yes. And so ultimately, <laughs> it's... I legit thought about doing the episode while sobbing. Just sobbing. And I was like, Just you know it. maybe not a good idea. <laughs> Sally. Yes. How are you? Um, I'm okay. Um, and actually, instead of uh, getting ranty about something random in life, I thought I would use this opportunity to respond to an email we got. Yes. Do you want to... Yeah, so the basically honors?
2: we got this um, this wonderful person who's written in before. I think we called her awesome person uh-huh. last time she wrote in. Um, Sally, as you know, went on an epic rant about the gay marriage A little bit of a rant, thing. guys. And basically, I don't want, I don't want to read the whole thing, but um, she was upset Because uh, she said, for the first time, I felt pretty alienated while listening to the podcast because I'm one of those allies who was really happy about the marriage equality ruling. I changed my Facebook photo to the Pride Rainbow, posted a a million links, and cried on the phone talking to my little brother. I am married, to boot. I agree with Sally on two major points, that the struggle is far from over. and also that the win is bittersweet. And I'm going to paraphrase here. But she said, I don't, however, think that marriage equality is incivic- insignificant or, as Sally seemed to argue, damaging to the LGBTQ cause. If you disagree with heteronormative relationship models, more power to you. A lot of my straight and gay friends do too. But not, but including gay relationships in the institution, inviting gay people to choose whether or not to participate rather than being shut out is a big deal. Um, she also goes on to say, um, that this all feels like a weird defensive apology. I'm not sure what I'm trying to accomplish, but Sally's rant struck me to the core. So I think we get the gist that mm-hmm. it was sort of like, I, wa- I was happy about this. Can't we be a little bit happy? Um, and she says, I'm always trying to be a better ally. And quote, shut up and listen is usually my first step. But in this case, I feel strongly compelled to write in. Sorry I'm feeling so confused and upset, which is not how I feel usually listening to Struggle Bus. So, Sally, what would
1: you like to say? Okay, so thank you for writing in. And I actually emailed Awesome Person and I thanked her for writing in and said we'd get to it. Um, So here's the thing I mean, I'm not going to re argue my points because, you know, I did that in the last episode and I still feel strongly about them and I stand by them. Um, I think that, you know, a lot, not just you, Awesome Person, but a lot of people hear a critique of how people have reacted to the marriage equality decision and what they hear they sort of misconstrue the argument that you know I'm I'm saying it's insignificant or that um, you know you shouldn't be happy about it and that's not really what my argument was um, so I would say go back and listen with like a little bit more of like an open mind about it because it wasn't an attack on your happiness, it wasn't an attack on your marriage, and it wasn't an attack on your allyship. It was uh, an analysis that I share, but I'm not the first person to, to have um, and to talk about marriage equality as a, as a goal that has alienated a lot of people and continues to alienate people of color, trans people, poor people, Immigrants and so on, um, but the kind of and like you can read about that. I mean, I'm like I said, like people have talked about this far more articulately than I have, and have like done histories of the movement and how they've, you know, how it's like privileged some people and cut other people out. So I I won't get into it. But the thing I do want to say about being an ally is, I mean, you know, if you feel really weird and defensive, like you said that that is a sign that you know you're you're kind of experiencing a reaction to something that you need to i think actually just like sit with and experience i think it's really hard to be told uh by someone who you consider to be an ally to that you're doing something that is upsetting them or you're co-opting something um and it it must feel really really bad to be told that but that part of being an ally is being told that And sitting with it and thinking about it and figuring out how to examine your own privilege and let that make you be a better ally. And I mean, I'll be honest, I was
2: a little bit struck when you started going off about that. And for a while, I was like, but I thought this was a good thing. I definitely felt the same way, I think, that I was like, but what about, what about we need Little Christmas? And like, it's a really good step. Mm -hmm. And that's all correct as well. And I think it, it is important though. Then I listened and I was like, Yes, you know, it, yeah. not everyone needs to agree on everything. And also, it's really important to listen to other people's opinions because it does matter. And it just it makes you um, more educated on the right. issue. But it's OK to be happy about something. Sure. But I would never tell Sally how to feel. Right. You know what I mean? And that's
1: the thing is like the reason you feel defensive and weird is because what I said Touch something in you that you know actually probably on some level makes some sense. And it sucks to be told. I've been told this before too. And I've had to examine my own privilege about certain things and it's really uncomfortable and awkward. But you know what? Like it also isn't really about your feelings. Like this isn't really about your feelings being hurt. What I was not, what I was talking about was not the feelings of straight people. It was like about this movement. Um, and so that's like, you know that's another thing to take into consideration. Um, I think you're probably like, an, you are an awesome person. We know because that's your like pseudonym. Um, and you sound like a great ally and you have really good intentions. And, and this is a very well-written email. Really and awesome. And like, you're very, you're very kind and, um, you know, generous. And, and I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect at all. Like, I'm always learning how to be an ally. And it's hard. But I have to say like, just like, tip going forward if people who are like part of a community are telling you how they feel about a thing you can either push back or you can you know use it as an opportunity to learn and still have your feelings hurt and feel bad about that that's fine but um I can't like you know I can't it I can't really take care of you around that. I would say. Yeah, and I will also say again to a, uh, awesome person who unfortunately did not feel
2: so awesome. <laughs> I have also not felt so awesome when getting conversations like this with people, and it's it's hard sometimes to yeah. hear things. And um, we did not meet, intend to hurt anyone's feelings, yeah. but I guess
1: you know it's it's good to hear different opinions. Yeah, man. So, but keep uh, keep listening, and I hope you keep listening, and know that you know it's not a personal thing. It's it's a learning thing, and I've been called out for shit, and it sucks. And oh yeah. You know, it makes you a better ally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we we've, we've definitely all been called out for things. Yeah. Oh, and I just want to add like there were some people who tweeted at me after that show, some queer people who were like very grateful for hearing that. And they were like, "You know, I thought I was the only one who felt this way. This is really nice to hear. Thank you." And, you know, so I think just keep in mind that I do like I said, I do not represent like one or two people. This is like a feeling people have and I'm probably not articulating it as well as other people do, but Yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah, I hope that helps. Um, cool. So let's get to the first email. Sally, did you want to read this or? Um, I guess because I sort of. Yeah, I think maybe. I, I can, can try, but. OK, because I edited it down. So just so you know, this is a very long email. We would read the whole thing. It's excellently. It's so well written. It's
1: Oh, I can I can just avoid the stuff in the red, right? Yes. OK, that, yeah, that's, yeah. That's sort of what I, yeah. I can do it. OK, yeah, Catherine is a master editor. Um, you guys write in really long, wonderful emails, but we have to cut them down sometimes. Um, and fake name our choice. What What do you want to do? Oh man, <gasps> I'm blanking. Oh my
2: gosh, uh, how about um, what's your favorite? What do you want to be called growing up? I know. Oh, what? Joe.
1: Joe's from amazing. Little Women. Shut up. Oh, okay. I was thinking Joe Polnicek from Facts of Life. Yes,
2: and also Joe Polnicek. Joe, I wanted to be her.
1: She was so great. I. That's why I have bangs, you guys. All right. Oh, <laughs> so Joe. this is from Joe Polnicek. Joe Polnicek. Um <laughs> Okay. Hi, Kate and Sally. Apologies in advance for this rambling email. I've binge binge listened to your podcast over the last few days and just wanted to email to say thanks so much for doing what you're doing. I also just wanted to ask a bit of advice as, like everyone else it seems, I feel like I'm regularly on the struggle bus. Welcome. (laughs) Finding your podcast couldn't have come at a better time. So a bit about me, I'm a student from England and have just finished my first year studying English literature at uni. It's been a tough and challenging but good year, both academically and personally. I've always been a high achiever at school, but lack self-belief at times. Over the last few years, I felt like my inspiration and creativity was dwindling, or at least I wasn't allowing myself to really get to grips with and explore what interests me. Since being at uni, I've met some really great people, and I've got more back into the swing of feeling inspired about learning and exploring my passions. I'm still working on being as proactive with things as I can, it's just I feel a bit overwhelmed and tired sometimes. I've had and still have problems with anxiety and depression, which I had some therapy for whilst I was still in school, points for saying whilst. Love that, whilst. Uh, And sometimes I still get caught up in things and it can feel really scary, but having people like you guys to listen to really helps me feel a bit better i think hearing you talk about therapy slash the importance of self-care has been really helpful in reaffirming and reminding me of the importance of this this year i finally came out to myself slash my close friends as gay slash queer slash lesbian labels are frustrating and for some reason the word lesbian makes me feel slightly uncomfortable but that's another issue after torturing myself quite a bit over it as a younger teenager and i'm feeling happy that i i'm feeling happier than i have been in a long time I don't really know why I found it so hard to accept myself. I think I was just really scared of the way people in my life would treat me. It does make me a bit sad to think I spent so much time as a teen suppressing my identity. I think the lack of self-acceptance is linked to my anxiety and depression, but I never really mentioned this in therapy as I was kind of in denial slash in the closet when I was there. So sometimes I feel like I didn't get the most out of therapy, I have, I have the therapy I have had because I wasn't fully honest about myself and problems I was having. Anyway, since going to uni, I've made friends with some really lovely people and now have friends including one of my two closest friends who don't all identify as straight either, which has been nice to feel not so isolated. Becoming just more comfortable with my own existence and not feeling like I have to hide myself to my friends has been so good for me to just feel a sense of normality. I know normal doesn't really exist, but I guess I use it in a way to suggest not feeling so lost and distant from people, and I'm actually going to be able to be myself in the world. Uh, okay. Basically I just wanna ask, how should I manage becoming more independent slash having to mentally cope with slash organize my life and new responsibilities slash being proactive and following my dreams slash careers goals <laughs> whilst also feeling confused slash overwhelmed about what is actually going on half the time. I'm reading the slashes because I write we, that way we too. Have to read and the slashes. it's like amazing and I love it. Uh, Okay so that was the first one and then also how can I manage trying to be proud slash brave about myself and not feeling embarrassed or ashamed about being gay. I don't feel like I have to announce it but at the same time I don't want to hide who I am anymore and I also feel like a social responsibility to do so so that I can set a good example for my younger siblings and cousins and friends about being true to yourself. Plus show potentially slash slightly homophobic relatives that people they know are gay and it's not weird or whatever, but then I also worry about upsetting them. Should I feel a responsibility here or should I just tell family when I quote unquote have to? For example, if I ever get into a relationship at some point where I'd want my girlfriend to be at family events or whatever. Thanks again and I wish you the best of luck in your futures. Okay.
2: Uh, that was awesome and very well written and we, we did cut some of it um, basically it's I think the gist of it is you're dealing with a lot right now mm-hmm. and, uh, new friends sort of feeling like you're starting your life in the way that you're more comfortable um, to, I'll get to the first part first mm-hmm. uh, the, the a lot of slashes how to become more independent slash mentally cope slash organized life slash responsibilities mm-hmm. um, That's a lot of slashes Mm -hmm. and that's life, man. You're going to have so many things and it sounds like you're really excited about the future, Mm -hmm. but really scared. And I will have to say, and I know it sounds cheesy, but one step at a time, um, I think the best advice I got when I've been dealing with anxiety is instead of, I mean, my big thing is worrying about the future constantly. And um, somebody once said to me, instead of thinking about one day at a time, sometimes it helps to think about one hour at a time. Mm, and true. you know, if you heard the beginning of the show, you'll know that I recently went through and still going through the same thing where I'm feeling very overwhelmed. Net, always know that you can ask for help. It sounds like you have a really great friend network, so take things one day at a time, one hour at a time, and also live in the moment as much as you can because it sounds like you're learning a lot about yourself and it's exciting and it is going to be terrifying because life is completely, (laughs) completely, you have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. So that's the first part. Sally, did you want to jump in? Yeah,
1: I mean, I guess I would just add like, you know, you asked basically how to do all of these things while also feeling confused and overwhelmed about what actually is going on half the time. And I think... I think if like we're being honest most of us are feeling pretty overwhelmed as we're trying to deal with all the stuff and we're like trying to deal with like the material stuff in our lives like paying our bills and showing up to things on time and then also like the emotional things in our lives which is like some of the other stuff you mentioned um, like or regarding like coming out and sexuality and stuff like that and um, it's definitely a lot of balls to have in the air all at once but I think that um, part of it is just sort of knowing that that's what it is and trying to take care of yourself through that, whatever that means. I mean, for some people, that's being in therapy. For other people, it's being like, you know, I have to meditate every day. For other people, it's journaling. But, you know, I think having, you know, entering into doing all of this stuff with an intention, not not an intention around like, I'm going to solve all my problems. Everything's going to be perfect. And like, not like that, but the intention is just like, I'm going to go through this stuff. It's going to be really confusing, but I'm going to, try to keep my head above water and do what I can to take care of myself and, and just know that it's a confusing, overwhelming process. Um, and then also maybe go back to therapy since last time you weren't out and you feel like you didn't really get to dig into stuff. I think I talked about this a while back, but it's such a, a little thing if it helps you with your daily routine,
2: even if it's just like, I have to go to therapy, I have to pay my bills, I have to go to class, I have to write. I'm showing uh, Sally right now. These are my little check. I have a, a journal of check boxes of things to do. And this is what it said from uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, Betsy podcast, because I'm I'm helping a friend with a podcast. Mm-hmm. Card, that's birthday card for my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Bills, that didn't get checked off. See that? I, I didn't check that. it off. I didn't pay my bills. And clean, that got checked there off. There you go. And it sort of helps to um just sort of, you know, compartmentalize some basic yeah. things so that you can really set yourself free with the other things. Yeah. Because I don't see doing struggle bus as a job or a chore. That I didn't put on the right, right, you know, right. thing. But I see paying bills as a chore. Right. And those things, if you separate from the things that you really love doing, it frees yourself creatively. Uh, the second part, though, about, it's a really interesting question, trying to be proud of who you are, even though you aren't coming out, trying to be a good example, but not upsetting your family. When do you come out? Sally, I know we've talked about this before, but basically you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. It doesn't mean that you're not a hero. If you're not comfortable coming out, that is your fucking business. Mm -hmm. Um, It it doesn't – it is nice to feel like you're being a good example to someone, but there's times where I don't share things about myself that are too personal, even though I feel like I'm being a fraud if I don't share Mm -hmm. them, um, because I just don't feel like talking about it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, like, we all have to balance – doing good in the world with taking care of ourselves and there are times when it feels right and important even though it's going to like really be exhausting or maybe kind of chip away at you or maybe make you feel um make make it maybe be rough in the aftermath it's worth it to do a thing whether it's like stand up to someone or be out or call someone on their homophobic bullshit or whatever and then other times like you run those numbers and you're like you know what like actually in the grand scheme of things like this isn't a hill I really need to die on I would rather let that homophobic comment float in the air if it means that I'm going to be feeling a little bit more okay so um that's a really fucking hard balance to keep and I think that like the way you figure it out is by actually just like going through life and seeing what works for you and you know I think like there are times in my life when I felt like incredibly gung-ho and be and like I'm like I'm here I'm queer get used to it and like nothing is getting by me like there's no comment that's going to be said that I'm not going to talk back to and like there are other times when I'm like "Eh, you know what like I'm gonna this guy can like stare at me and my girlfriend on the subway and I'm just going to like try to ignore it. Yeah. Um. If it's eating you alive and if it's really wrecking you and you're c- consumed by I need
2: to tell my family then maybe think about how you're going to tell your family yeah. because it shouldn't also be consuming to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know and if you want to introduce them to your girlfriend of course you want to. You know. Yeah. Um. I think that y- you trust your gut and you'll know when it feels right but don't feel like you have to do anything. I think that's the main point is really trust your gut and you pick you Get, take the temperature of the room, figure out whatever you want to do. But if you don't want to, don't ever let anyone tell you yeah. that you have to
1: come out. And I think, like, it helps to hang out with queer people. I think that's, like, really affirming. I think it, I mean, for me, when I was first coming out and, like, dealing with the fact that I was queer, like, it really helped to be around other queer people. And I, it made me feel, like, not as alone, not as weird. Like, dating helped because I was, like, then it was, like, less about coming out as a thing and more about being like, hey, meet this person I'm with. Um, so a lot of it, I think, is just sort of like going through and experiencing it. But like, I just wanted to tie this to like your first question, which is like, how do you do all this stuff um, when you're really confused about everything and, you, you know, and when things are overwhelming? And you do have like a lot of slashes in here. And <laughs> like, you're speaking to the fact that like there are just so many things to take care of every day in all of our lives. But you know, like a lot of times, if like all your bills are getting paid and you're show- showing up on time to everything, and you're like getting your, you know, getting your laundry done and stuff, that means maybe like you're, can- like not journaling one night, or like you're canceling plans with a friend. Like, you know, sometimes like things have to give, or like maybe you're like not working out for a couple of days because like you really have to have some QT with like people in your life. So it's like not all about getting like every single thing perfect and all in a row at once. It's kind of like making a decision about like. I mean, for me, I guess I should say, like what things you're going to focus on that are going to feel like you need to get them done and they have to get done, but also there's self-care taking place too.
2: Yeah, yeah. I've heard this great quote before. Uh, I think I just sit here and quote things all the time. (laughs) I love it. Um, It's not, can you have it all? It's, do you have enough? And if you really sit and think about it, like, you know, shelter, loved ones, you know, of course you can strive or want more and follow your dreams. And I definitely am, you know, aiming for the skies. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you're going to be, just wrecking yourself if you're like I didn't I didn't succeed in this today you know yeah. it's like that's that's just a waste of time.
1: I also think I say some version of this like every time we record but I think that like if you're not feeling overwhelmed and confused then you're not actually engaged in a like a real thinking process of like yourself and your friends and your life and so I think it's kind of a good sign. Yeah. All right. So yeah, keep us posted and awesome. Let us know how that goes. I forget your pseudonym already. Joe oh, Joe sorry Joe How could sorry, you how do that. I forget? I'm sorry. Oh my goodness. So, speaking of like my queer identity, Joe fucking Polnischak. <gasps> I know she was like a butch. Well, I mean, was she supposed to be straight? Because yes, I definitely was, like read her as like a butch dyke. I did too, but I, she was supposed
2: to be straight. Okay. I saw her. See, I I identified with her. I was like, oh, here's a woman who is not girly girl, yeah, yeah, and yeah, is yeah. still accepted in society. And yeah, yeah, she was
1: like kind of like just like a tough tomboy yeah but I think if you were like young and queer you were like Butch day. And was she What's from the up? Bronx
2: or Brooklyn? Oh, I can't.
1: I want to say the Bronx. Because, yeah, and I'm from
2: the Bronx. So I think I really there thought I was her. She was so cool. Oh, my God. I love her so much. Let's
1: all watch Facts of Life. I, oh, my God. Is it on Netflix now? I don't know. But it must be on DVD. We're going
2: to pause this podcast and watch all of the episodes. Be right back. And we're back. OK. So <laughs> the second email. So um, Annie requested the name Annie, which is one of my favorite musicals. <laughs> the first one I saw on Broadway made me right. want to be an actor. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Annie. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Kate and Sally. I've been listening to the podcast after I heard you on the Lady Power Hour on Citizen Radio a while back. And by the way, we're back this week. (laughs) And I'm really enjoying it so far. The podcast, that is. Not enjoying being a passenger on the struggle bus. I've been going through a really rough time these past few months. I've been struggling with a number of complex mental health issues since my teens. But things have been especially bad since December last year. I also have a number of physical health issues that are causing issues, too. I've had to take a break from college to focus on getting back on track. I know Sally said she studied communication organizing. Me too, although I'm in Ireland. <laughs> it's been a very difficult few months, but hopefully I'll be back on my two feet soon on my feet soon, sorry. (laughs) Two of my closest friends have also been going through a very rough time. One has been suffering badly from depression and PTSD after leaving an abusive relationship and one is in the process of an extremely messy breakup with his girlfriend. These two people have been so supportive to me in the past and I feel guilty that I can't be there for them as much as I want to. They've both said that they totally understand and that they want me to focus on getting myself better but that actually makes me feel worse because then I end up feeling worthless and like they're not going to want to be friends with me anymore. I know that's the depression slash borderline talking though I know that supporting them even in a tiny way will help us all feel a bit better so have you any advice for me about how to balance being in recovery while also giving my support to my friends I'd really appreciate it thanks for reading this
1: long rambly email that email is not long and rambly it was very beautiful um it was very beautiful so I mean I think that your your own mental health particularly because you're struggling a little bit right now needs to come first and, you know, we've talked about this before, but, like, you can't really help people in your life that much if your, like, affairs aren't in order first. Um, so I would say, like, you know, your friends are going through really, really rough times, but, you know, they're, like all of us, like adults in the world who, one way or another, figure out how to get through it. And that is, they we do do that with the help of our friends, but the help that we get can't be at the like the cost of the mental health of the person providing it good friends
2: have a yin and yang i found and the ones that are like you're not giving me enough attention they're not ever going to be my friends Mm -hmm. so for example i'm obviously going through some stuff and my best friend called me well she texted me last night and i I was like can i call you today because i was busy this is now rambling and i called her and i was like how are you she's like ah not so good and then i was like yeah me neither but we were able to be there for each other And we're making plans to have dinner and like talk it out Mm -hmm. um, and still be there for each other. But I also will say a few years ago, I learned this interesting lesson. There are ways you can still be a really good and supportive friend, even if um, you're not able to fully be there. So a really good friend of mine got breast cancer three years ago, right at the same time I was breaking up with a seven-year relationship. And I remember saying to my shrink, like, I want to be a good friend to her, but I can't be a friend. And plus, she was pulling away a little bit because she's like, I kind of don't want to talk to people right now. And my strength said, Catherine, there's other ways of being a friend than seeing people or calling them or texting them. Why don't you, I don't know, send her a card, send her a book through the mail, mm-hmm. like do something thoughtful that will mean more than anything than just a, hey, uh, hi, I have to see you. How are you? Great. Bye. And next thing you know, for the next year, her and I were sending each other letters, mm-hmm. handwritten mm-hmm. letters, awesome. presents, like prank, joke gifts, you know, all these things. She sent me a book. Like It sort of strengthened our friendship. And she, a year into it, when she was finally out of her depression and through the chemo and I was out of my depression, she said, thank you so much for respecting that I was going through something and you didn't insist on hanging out mm. with me. Because she goes, all I got were people saying, let's hang out. I want to cheer you up. Yeah, and." I learned so much from that. Being a friend does not mean hanging out all the time.
1: Yeah, that actually makes me think of the thing of like, you don't really ever know the kind of help people want, I guess, unless they explicitly say. But a lot of times, like, we want to help our friends because it makes us feel better. And you even said, Annie, in your email, you know that supporting them, even in a tiny way, will help us all feel a bit better. So, you know, we all do this, but like it's important to note that you're, you you know, part of why you want to help is because you'll feel Better about yourself doing it, um, and I think that's like really important to look at because I think that can become for certain people if they have a tendency toward it, it can become a pattern where it's like you feel like it's your job to fix a person, and if you don't, their life will you know fall apart, and that's a really exhausting and imbalanced in your friendship way to live um and to be fair that when my shrink gave me
2: that advice it's because I was crying being like I want to be a good friend to her but she won't let me because she's pulling away and my shrink was like well you're both kind of fucked up right now so you got to navigate this and I was making it about me which is totally normal yeah totally and you probably do miss your friends and want to be around them but are feeling guilty but know that if they're your real friends and I know it sounds
1: cheesy you'll get through this Mm -hmm. and yeah and and like you can also, I think, offer support in in ways that aren't exhausting, like I think like cards and texts and whatever. But I also think that like actually when people are going through a really rough time, unless stated otherwise, often they just want to hear someone be like, hey, I'm thinking of you. Mm-hmm. I hope you're OK. You know, something like that. Like Sally's emoji game is so on. Like I'll be having a rough day emoji.
2: and like I get one emoji from Sally <laughs> and it's just made my day. And all Sally did was hit
1: a button. It's all about the <laughs> emoji, you guys. But yeah, I would say like definitely prioritize taking care of yourself and take care of yourself with like the fervor that you want to take care of other people. Yeah. And, and then don't feel guilt. I
2: mean, try not to feel guilty for quote unquote not being a good friend because yeah. that's just going to make you more depressed. Yeah. And I'm glad you're taking care. By the way, congratulations on doing some self-care, taking
1: yourself out of school
2: and dealing with this that must have been really hard for you to do yeah oh by the way I
1: just noticed that you said they both said they understand and they want you to focus on getting myself better mm -hmm. I mean you're you have to trust that you have to believe them and if you can't believe them and you still feel guilty like those are feelings that you have to figure out for yourself but the answer to that isn't to like extend yourself more
2: yeah yeah and it sounds like you're you're on the right track and it's you know and you have a good uh, support group, and you sound like you're a really good friend. Yeah, man.
1: So hang in there, Annie. We're all going to
2: Ireland. All right, <laughs> all right. Last email. Uh Shall I read this?
1: Kate, yeah. Okay.
2: I mean, Sally. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> which one of us is
1: which? <laughs> Who can say? Oh, um, yeah. Do we need you a name? A fake name?
2: Um, I don't know. So let's give him a fake name because I don't know.
1: Let's say Mister Darcy because I was just watching. Fantastic. Okay, perfect. Mister Darcy. Okay. Dear Kate, Sally, and fellow struggle bus passengers, I am having a serious problem at the moment. To make a long story short, due to problems at home, being unable to find a job, and having about $30,000 in student loans, I'm in a situation where I have to join the army. I already considered it as I'm 23 and can't find a full-time job and I'm currently pushing carts and scrubbing toilets at a nearby shop right in addition to this my mother is regularly insulting and berating me this has gone on for years and is a serious contributor to depression I don't know I haven't been diagnosed or whatever that I've had for quite some time the problem is that i'm anti-war and quite vocal about it having written a number of articles and whatnot and i am essentially betraying my values however it is literally either i join the army or i will be homeless i apologize for this being so long i would really appreciate some advice sincerely mr darcy
2: um i like i i'm i'm so angry on your behalf Mm -hmm. that this is your only option i it's so hard um Here's the thing. I I can't tell you what to or not to do because it sounds to me right now you're in a very bad place and it's getting worse and it's not going to get any better. You do need to change. I don't want you to have to join. Now here's the thing. Uh, To preface, I have three friends who are currently serving in many different capacities. The Army can be actually a very good place to get your college education money. Uh, two of them had very positive experiences. They entered different parts of the army. They did, went to different fields. One of them was a medic. One of them was, a you know, in the Air Force, although that's not the army. Um, I'm not saying anyone who's serving. I mean, my goodness, you know, it's it's a very hard job. Um, but do do know what you're getting yourself into before you sign up. Um, it's It's dangerous, and it's very hard, and you are in it for a long time. So I'm wondering, and I don't know much about this, if there is a way you can sign up for a part of the army where maybe you're doing um, some education work, or or
1: computer training, or something like that. I don't Mm. know, Sally, do you have any ideas? I I guess I would just say, I mean, I have a huge bias against not enlisting, because um, to me, it sounds incredibly scary and like the risk is incredibly great and I think that that probably isn't fair to the many people who have served and found it to be rewarding and credit serving with like getting a college education and stuff like that that said um I am I think it's a really hard position to be in and I'm sorry that you're in it I wonder if there are other things like you know things like AmeriCorps you know other things where you're basically um similar to the army where you're like you enter into a contract with the government but it's not to be in the military I don't know where you live I don't know if that's an option but um the other thing is just that like you sound like you really 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 don't want to do this and you said that it's either literally you join the army or you will be homeless and I want to just like this is like what I do I I want to like push you on that point a little bit um I don't know what your life is like or where you live maybe you don't have any friends who can help you out maybe there aren't any shelters for you to stay in Um, and all those choices like asking like hitting up friends staying in shelters um, you know get you know applying for some sort of like federal benefit like those aren't like I, I understand that those are options people don't want to have to turn to but I'm just kind of wondering if they're really is absolutely no other choice for you. Yeah. Um
2: it's a very very huge commitment that a lot of people don't realize until they're in it. And once you're in it it's very hard to leave.
1: And 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 I also feel like, you know, if a lot of times like when people say something is like definitely one way, it sometimes is actually the opposite way. Um and I mean, You know, if you didn't have any other options I don't think you'd be writing to us because if you really didn't have any other options there's really no point because what would we say but I feel like you know that there's more here I mean you've talked about stuff with your mom and how bad it is and you seem to have an analysis of your situation and if I were you I would stick with that analysis and try to figure out what you can do to be okay um both mental health-wise and also in terms of like food, shelter, and so on, without having to do this because, you know, my own bias aside, it sounds very strongly like you don't want to do this. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yes, no, I mean, that's correct. And I, I um, yeah, I mean, yes. And I, I hate to tell you that, you, you know, try to find something else when you feel like there is no other option. But uh, I'm just rereading your email again. Um, $30,000 in student loans. I know it's going to sound ridiculous. That's actually not a lot.
1: No, I mean that's how
2: much I have. Uh, yeah, that's how much most yeah. people have, if not more. So, um, I don't know if you want to go back to school or go do something that's a little bit less expensive, because you say you're a writer, and I, you know, that maybe there's a way you can push it off, push the decision off for a little bit while you try something else. Mm-hmm. Um, I just can't stress this enough that once you join, it's, yeah, you have to really want to be there.
1: And and I don't mean to be like, oh, student loans. That's how much I have, but. It is a lot and it's a huge debt. But you have to realize also most people pay a hundred bucks a month and finish paying it off like in their sixties, which I'm not saying that a hundred dollars a month isn't a lot of money and it is not a financial hardship that's because, what I'm paying. Because yeah. it is. It is, yeah. But you you know, know that most people live with a huge amount like they live under the specter of a huge amount of debt, whether it's financial or home or medical debt or whatever. Um and I mean, I don't usually like advise people like do this where you like you don't know what do you want to do so you go to like a phd program where they pay your way but because i think they get you into trouble but like if you're choosing between the army and going to more school i don't know maybe it's worth going into more school yeah yeah and also um
2: i, I don't want to talk ill of your mother but if you feel like your mother is berating you it's it's making your depression worse maybe sort of try to separate yourself a little bit from that situation. I know it's very hard to do, but um, if it's making it worse, and, and you say you haven't been diagnosed, it sounds like you know that you're depressed, and that's mm-hmm. very common and nothing to be ashamed of at all. Um, but yeah, I guess all I'm saying is if don't join the Army unless you want to. Don't do it because you feel like you have to, because it is a very difficult and like I said, can be rewarding, but mm-hmm. the people I know who went wanted to go. Yeah,
1: that's a good, actually a really good point. One other thing is just that, like the the part that we're not addressing, maybe because of our own feelings about the military, is that like you you might actually be asking more of a question about how do I do this and be consistent with my values. Maybe you're not asking should I do this at all. Maybe it's like a foregone conclusion you're going to do it. And then if that is the case. Um, I guess and you know because you asked about doing it and betraying your values I would say like you know I, I think they're probably I think a lot of us do a lot of things all the time that we sort of have to do that don't aren't really consistent with like every single thing in our lives but like for one reason or another we find ourselves having to do a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, You know that said if you're really strongly anti-war to the point that you've written about it it sounds like it's a really strong part of your identity and so I don't see how being in the military would not take a toll mental health-wise. Yeah, that's a very know? good point. Um,
2: and this is one of those questions where I don't know if we have a definitive answer because yeah. there's so many factors totally. involved. It's very, you know, privileged place where we're coming from of like, oh, don't join the Army. Totally. Just exactly. go to school. It's like, I, I don't know you, and I really don't know your situation. Totally. And um, really where you're at. Um, so I, I think my advice, I guess, to finalize this would be, this is a very serious decision that does not is not to be taken lightly. Again, the army. I have a lot of opinions as well mm-hmm. about the military. Uh, I don't want to be disrespectful to the people I know who are in it who have found value in it. But if you don't want to be there, you're gonna fucking hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I would say if you can explore any other option, even if it means going back to school or maybe going to a technical school and learning a trade mm-hmm. temporarily just to get yourself out of the hole and feel like you're doing something and then move on to the next job. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like absolutely. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Uh,
1: keep us posted, though, and yeah, um, please good do. luck with whatever you decide, but take care of yourself.
2: Yeah, I really hope that was helpful. This was a tough one for, mm-hmm. for us. Yeah, so. for sure. Um, Okay, And on that note, wow. Uh, (laughs) That
1: was a doozy. uh, Oh, man, yeah. Before Um, we officially start ending this, let me just say. Yes, please. You guys should listen to Citizen Radio. It's a really good daily podcast. Um, It's like a comedy podcast, political. It's like comedy political, political comedy. Um, and I'm not just saying that because Catherine and I were guests for several episodes this week, um, co-hosting with Allison for Lady Power Hour. It's also just a really good podcast, and you guys should listen. I just want to, like, give them a little love because it's yeah. awesome, and they have done a lot for us, and we know each other through them, yes. and listen to Citizen Radio, guys. Yes, yes definitely. Um, all right, so you
2: can tweet at us at Pod. You can email us at strugglebuspodcast at com. Please use the hashtag to find a struggle buddy, struggle pod buds four twenty. Oh, you know, if anyone has any advice for Mister Darcy, mm-hmm. if they're in the army or have been in a position, try to find each other on yeah. the twitters and use the Give hashtag. A Give a tweet. Yeah, and because um, I'd love to hear what you guys have to say about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's yeah. So also, oh, you can uh. Tweet at Sally T or me at SPK
1: Heller. And we have a new shiny URL. We like we're all grown (gasps) up, you guys. Yes. No more like extra weird words in our web address. We are now
2: strugglebuspodcast.com. No more slash wordpresses and stuff. Oh, and babies all grown up. Huge shout out to Helen Kelly. Oh yeah. Who is offering to help us make the website not look like shit. Yeah, that's going to happen. And we are working on that. Sorry, Helen, for the delay. It's been a, it's, as, as you heard, it's, it's been, been a bit hectic. It's been a little bit hectic on our side. But just big shout out to Helen Kelly. And of yeah, course, man. big shout out to uh, Lucas for always. Oh, by the way, Lucas donated money to tell the bartender mm-hmm. after talking about the shitty tip story. <gasps> I know. Lucas. I know, I know, I know, and I was like, but I, but I have to, so I'll give you that half that money. No, oh, stop it. Okay, fine. <laughs> um. So yeah, so it's my song of the week. Here's the thing. When I'm feeling sad and or happy, sometimes I like a song that makes me sit and think. Sure. And this is a song that it's sort of sad, but it's sort of touching and it doesn't make me feel so alone. It's a little bit about depression and a little bit how, when you feel hopeless, but I like listening to it because it makes me feel less hopeless knowing that other people feel hopeless. Does that sound weird? I, I, um, no, not at all. Fantastic. And it's called The Impossible by a band called Monster Movie. And it was put on a mixtape for me from a friend who was like, I think you might like this. And I listened to it over and over again. And whenever I'm sort of feeling like I want to think about things and you know life's tough, I hear the lyrics to this song and just listen to them and know that you're not alone and we're all on this bus together. Oh, I love it. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, so um, thank you so much for listening. I'm Kate. I'm Sally. And uh, thank you. Bye. Bye.